episode fourteen of the complete bachelor by oliver onions this librivox recording is in the public domain episode fourteen the things that are caesar's almost the whole of my female acquaintance seemed to be gathered in my rooms and seemed moreover to be doing its collective best to persuade me of the superfluity of my presence the occasion was the eve of caroline's wedding and the natural interest i myself took in the event paled before the engrossing fascination it appeared to have for these ladies the company consisted largely of mrs loring chatterton but she was ably supported by the remainder of her particular set and half a dozen supernumerary bridesmaids not one of whom with the exception perhaps of a quiet little creature who sat apart and said nothing but would willingly have turned me out of the house and home had she dared as a person who could perfectly well be dispensed with from the whispered conversations and secret conferences around me i was rigidly excluded which i regretted the more as i felt i should have taken a peculiar pleasure in them my good man said mrs loring striding over my feet with an armful of bridesmaids frippery what a lot of room you take up you are sure you have no engagement this evening nothing of importance mrs loring i replied looking up from an entry book of bridal gifts i was curiously scanning with mental notes of my own you may consider me entirely at your disposal my duty is here to-night of all nights and when you and mrs carmichael can spare caroline i also have certain advice to give her not inappropriate to the occasion don't you think you had better go and give arthur the benefit of your wisdom she rejoined alas i replied it is too late he cannot draw back now he must take the inevitable consequences of engagement he has made his bed i see no reason for your being indelicate mr butterfield answered mrs chatterton and she rustled away dignity in flounces never had my flat known such wealth of plate and tissue paper had jupiter in wooing denae adopted a silver currency he could scarcely have crowded more lavishly the grecian tower ladies slipped in and out of the miscellaneous collection with feminine calculations and judgments which i noted in secret joy estimating apparently the whole affair in its comparison with previous functions and above all and more insistent from their very quietness were heard the mysterious confabulations i crossed over to mrs carmichael and caroline well little sister i said glancing at mrs carmichael and what unspeakable things has mrs kit been telling you now oh rollo she replied placing her hand pleadingly on my sleeve she hasn't please don't tease me to-night dear i am not a bit happy i almost wish i was not going to be married then she has i returned mrs kit how could you but there you're all alike they're not in the least interested in you carrie my dear it's just a wedding a woman and a bride's cake what do you know about it mrs carmichael said disdainfully madam i replied the exultation of your sex in all that pertains to a wedding is barely fit for the contemplation of a bachelor cannot you disguise your interest in some seemly manner 
if you'll arrange these cards she retorted instead of concerning yourself with things of no moment to you you'll be of much more service will you be so good as to label these presents and with as little talk as is convenient to you this to me mind in my own house i look to caroline to espouse my cause and to resent the outrage on my feelings but she merely looked plaintively with a sigh which mrs kit called after me qualified as avadupoi i tried mrs vickers who was fluttering round the other end of the glittering table arranging the nuptial tribute in symphonic harmonies of the kensington amateur order mrs vickers is aesthetic at a street's length and as millicent dixon had once spitefully said wears her art upon her sleeves for jays to laugh at she was placing her own offering something in plush and oil colour modestly shrinkingly all but out of sight i was saying something about the spiritual reality of which all this external show was but the outward symbol when she cut me off oh mr butterfield she said why did cissy bingham give caroline a green fan possibly mrs vickers i replied for the same order of reason that causes a miller to wear a white hat but a green one how horrid look at her complexion and she bent the trifle coquettishly round her chin with a well-studied sparkle over the top of it a lesson in feminine arts and crafts a fan mrs vickers i replied may be used either for flirtation or concealment before marriage afterwards only for the latter in either case the appropriateness i think you are very horrid mr butterfield she answered preening the open-work effervescence of her corsage and turning her shoulders to me in pique i believe mrs bassishaw wants you i tried my luck with mrs bassishaw arthur's mother mrs bassishaw is a comely widow as young as is compatible with having a son on the eve of marriage and still possessing what her friends call excellent chances she made a place for me by her side you and i will be less in the way in this corner mr butterfield she said and we can watch the young people doesn't this make you feel terribly old i declare i feel myself aging already she passed her hand over her glossy hair i also feel it keenly mrs bassishaw i replied and only think mr butterfield she continued should should you become an uncle i shall be a grandmother oh i do hope they'll be comfortable and happy i have not a doubt mrs bassishaw i answered that they will be exceedingly comfortable and becomingly happy only that she inquired is not that a good deal i replied they are i believe made for each other but i do not expect anything epic from either of them nor will they so far as i can see mark the beginning of an aeon in the annals of matrimony you are very hard on them mr butterfield poor things she answered apparently because i had not granted them the beginning of an aeon thus does one suffer for principle i rose to interview an automatic reporter from a fashion paper whom mrs loring handed over to me with a request to be good enough to take the thing seriously i told him that the presents were numerous and costly including here followed a list 
and crossed over to a knot of frolicking bridesmaids that was gabbling millinery in one corner these young ladies had apparently a good deal to say and prominent among the chatter could be heard miss nelly bassishaw's voice declaring that something or other of hers was of a poorer quality of silk than someone else's which was always the way she remarked with a grown-up toss of the head when one bought six gowns at the same shop miss flo bassishaw and another maid were talking simultaneously the one saying that the organist was sure to play the march too soulfully for it to be of much use as walking music and the other that old blank a respected friend of mine could afford to give cheap salad bowls now that he had married all his daughters and above all and to an extent that was an enlightenment even to me the pairing arrangements for the breakfast were discussed with a freedom and pointedness that took entire precedence of any other significance the occasion might have in this theme again miss nelly revelled i don't care she said i shall ask carrie he's not a bit too old and i have met him before you haven't i'm not going to be bored to death by jack summers and have to do all the talking myself and that's my decision she said irrevocably we shall have our hair up by to-morrow too returned flo with the spiteful familiarity of a younger sister and i shall hear every word you say because i shall be on the other side i don't know why they ask such a crowd another half-blown bud of sixteen joined in i expect rollo butterfield went to school with most of them they're old enough and fat enough and dull enough and bald enough the poise of her chin seemed to say i admired her confidence and what about blank a nod of miss nelly's head gave the direction to my eyes i looked and saw apparently unheeded by the noisy group the pretty timid creature i had remarked once or twice before an imported cousin of somebody's condemned to wear pink because it suited the rest she was out in the cold but something in the abstracted quietness of her pose told me it was perhaps as much from choice as from the passing over of her companions oh miss flo replied she can go somewhere near rollo butterfield she'll be less awkward near him than with anybody else and then jack summers seeing myself so allotted i thought it well to make the acquaintance beforehand of the maid for whose conversational flow i was to be responsible i skirted the group and sat down by her i see you're taking a short rest from your duties aggie i remarked are you having a good time yes thank you mr butterfield she answered shyly i think it's all lovely the dresses and things i asked no she replied turning gray eyes upon me mr bassishaw and the wedding and caroline the presents don't matter much do they mr butterfield i looked around in some doubt i don't know aggie i returned every one appears to think a good deal of that sort of thing except you and me i think we shall be friends aggie thank you mr butterfield the gray eyes looked into some middle distance that i could not follow caroline does look nice she added making an admission that for some reason did not seem easy to her but of course she's your sister and brothers do not think of that young brothers i mean your brothers are young then aggie 
yes and they say no one will ever want to marry me but that is when i won't be tied to a table for them to fight about an imprisoned princess you know it doesn't matter now she added half to herself and apparently forgetful of my presence and you don't like all this i inquired designating the surrounding bustle with my hand no she replied in the same half-musing tone we shouldn't have wanted bridesmaids and things you know of course she momentarily remembered my position it's all lovely but we should just have gone away somewhere and not have had anybody but perhaps a maid we shouldn't have wanted any one else you know and we should have lived there ever so long that would have been nice she was scarcely talking to me but i replied it is the ideal wedding aggie although it is only for the few there are relations and people i trust you will make a success of it i hope you will allow me to make you a present though she raised her head again with the same remote look i noticed a fine gold chain around her neck the end of which disappeared in her bosom it won't ever be quite the same she replied perhaps some day i shall have forgotten i looked at the chain and spoke quietly is that yes she replied her hand going softly to her breast i cut it out of a group but he didn't give it to me you don't mind if i don't show it to you do you mr butterfield you don't know what it is to lose anybody like that you forget i am losing a sister aggie i answered she thought a moment and then made a sudden resolve she spoke softly and almost mechanically i think i will tell you mr butterfield i wouldn't tell she looked around any one else but i trust you mr butterfield i haven't given caroline my present yet i haven't made up my mind i've got two a handkerchief case and this i could give her the handkerchief case anybody can give handkerchief cases or the other anybody wouldn't give the other i can't keep it mr butterfield look she glanced round and drew the small locket from her neck and opened it it was bassishaw's portrait a poor ragged production cut out as she had said from some larger picture i half glanced at it understanding without looking it is worth more than a handkerchief case she continued speaking very low and i know caroline would value it more if i told her if any one did that to me i should i should love them wouldn't you mr butterfield i made no reply poor aggie she was only sixteen and would get over it but it was real to her and she was very brave she went on and that's why i don't like all these things mr butterfield what would you do mrs carmichael was signalling for me across the room i rose and took aggie's hand my dear i replied you have a truer instinct in these things than i whatever you do will be right i know and a fat blundering man would spoil it we sit together at breakfast to-morrow i'm very glad and in response to mrs carmichael's imperious summons i left her and plunged again into the general bewilderment shortly afterwards i heard mrs vicker's voice oh look caroline what a sweet handkerchief case agnes there has given you End of episode 14